Teen Time Presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.hk. Teen Time Podcast On Demand. Welcome back to the Teen Time Science Blog. I'm Neil Chase. One of the things that none of us knows is how long our lives will be. But if you could learn how long your life might last, would you really like to know? A new blood test is supposedly able to tell you your life expectancy. The test measures things called telomeres, which are tiny structures found on the tips of chromosomes within the body. The length of telomeres apparently correlates with how fast a person is aging, and so by using that information, it might be possible to predict how long you would live. The science is not exact, and some researchers say that it is so inaccurate as to be pointless. But it does raise questions about whether we should know such information, and if employers or health insurance companies might use such information without our knowledge to decide whether to employ or insure an individual. So the problems are both medical and ethical. Personally, I'm quite happy not knowing how much longer I have to live. People with a weak heart. Might be given a pacemaker, a tiny device to help your heart pump blood around the body. It only uses a very small amount of power to work, so a battery is needed, which must be replaced every so often. However, scientists are working on a small turbine that could be placed within the bloodstream that would generate enough electricity to power the pacemaker, so the blood itself would drive the turbine to make the electric current. It is a solution that is perfect in principle, as it would give the patient much more flexibility. But the problem is that blood is a particularly complex fluid. If we cut ourselves, then blood coagulates at the wound to stop the bleeding. That process of blood clotting could also clog up the micro turbine and stop it from working. And any clots in the bloodstream can be very dangerous too. So, although any finished product is a long way from being used yet, self-powering medical devices are likely in the future. The progress we have made in creating artificial limbs for those who have lost the use of them from disease or accident is amazing. However, there was a controversial use of an artificial hand recently, when a man in Austria elected to have his hand amputated and replaced by an artificial one. The man's natural hand had been severely injured in an accident ten years ago, and after several surgeries, doctors still couldn't restore use or feeling to it. So the man chose to have the artificial hand attached instead, which will have much more use than his natural hand. But this has raised many questions about if this should be allowed, or how to define when this type of procedure would be acceptable. Again, it is a case of science moving faster than our ethics, and so there has to be a lot of discussion to decide when this sort of operation should be okay in the mainstream. If you try and learn a new language, then you will appreciate that it is very hard, especially to try and understand the metaphors and idioms that different languages use. But if you are a robot, then the process is even harder. 
Speech recognition programs are advancing, but the nuances of speech make it particularly hard to be 100% right. So a team of scientists in Australia is working on a verbal language that robots could use to talk to each other. It is hoped that the machines would talk to each other verbally to communicate and might even be able to play games with each other. Designing a new language that robots could learn from scratch and not one that exists already would make the learning process easier. So no, we wouldn't have to learn robot ease, but this should help us develop more effective ways to interact with machines, with words and language. You might have seen on TV the space shuttle Endeavour blast off into space last week, the second to last shuttle launch ever. The main payload in the shuttle was a super accurate cosmic ray detector called the Alpha Magnetic Spectrometer. But what does it do? The main aim is to search for and detect particles that we've not seen before, like the mysterious dark matter, which is a sort of cosmic glue that holds galaxies together. Also a search for antimatter. And if you think the idea of antimatter is difficult to understand, one of the people behind the project explained it this way. If the universe comes from a Big Bang, before the Big Bang is a vacuum. Nothing can exist in a vacuum, so in order for matter to be created, antimatter had to be there too. It is still a really hard concept to understand, but once we know more about these strange materials, the more we will know about the origins of the universe. I'm Neil Chase, and that's it for the Science Blog for this week. Read it back again on the Teen Time website, and I'll see you next Thursday evening for more. Teen Time presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.hk. Teen Time, Podcast On Demand.